to the Reclaimed Podcast. I'm Ellie Herringshaw. And I'm Mark Herringshaw. Very honored to be here with you, my precious daughter, Ellie. Yeah. And with all of our guests who, uh, I don't know, people listen to podcasts, at least I do, in the most interesting context. Oh, it's so true. Walking, dogs, driving, of course, is a, is a big deal. Cleaning their house. Cleaning your house. You're usually doing something else, but we're going to try to make this a valuable use of your time. Even if you're multitasking, there actually is no such thing as multitasking. Did you know that? Yes, I have heard this. Yes, so actually our brains- I don't like to believe that. (laughs) Our brains go back and forth really quickly between things. And some people are better at it than others, right? What what we're gonna actually attempt to do here though is, is make some valuable contributions to whatever you're doing with your time sharing that time with us. Yeah. So we're in a we're in a little mini series right now. We are. Um on weddings. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an important deal in our family because um, we have uh, a key member or a precious member of our family, Michael, who's our youngest child and your younger brother, Ellie, mm-hmm. who is marrying um sort of his childhood sweetheart. I mean, it's a kind real of. interesting he story. Has, he has been just enamored by her forever yeah since since they were probably seven they went to high school together yeah so well i guess like ninth grade they met in ninth grade we we should let them tell their story we should at some point but um but i did talk to them a couple um i towards the beginning of the podcast about um how i reclaimed my my wedding rings with them um and that was a I, I would recommend that that listeners go back and listen to that one if you haven't already. It's a great episode. Um, and then last week we talked about the importance of weddings and why weddings are something that that we cry in, that we go to, that we celebrate. Why are we celebrating this? If if fifty percent of marriages are ending in divorce, um, we're still celebrating and we're still enjoying these um, these special occasions, and people are still getting married. Yeah. Well, we're we're watching a piece of eternity happen. Yeah. And everybody knows that. Whether you consciously know it or not, it's touching something really, really deep in us. When you watch two people take words and with those words form a life bond. Yeah. And then those of us that believe that God's in the midst of that are are, are witnessing God come between those words mm-hmm. and create something. The word becomes flesh again, mm-hmm. right? The word of God and then our own words, which are, we're creating God's image. We're incarnating something, a new family. And that's why vows are incredibly important. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. It, it, it doesn't matter what you say exactly, but those, when you promise something, right. when there's people right. there witnessing that promise yep. and, and sealed with a kiss and, yep. and wedding bands that there is, there's something so powerful that happens. It's actually a miracle. And, and that's why, that's why we love them so much. And it's important that that's done in community. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not just a little secret thing that we do off on the side. You know, Romeo and Juliet sneaking off and having mm-hmm. their, you know, their little private ceremony. Part of the problem was their community was not with them in that. Yeah. Right. I mean, bringing up, one of Shakespeare's stories. I don't know where that came from, but that just triggered in me. That's really, <laughs> but, but, that's but really a, interesting. But going yeah. and being part of a wedding uh, that where we're watching two people make this this much deeper commitment than just a contract. It's it's yep. it's life for life. 
It's not um, even just a secret. Yeah, it's not a secret statement or like a no, secret we're all promise. a part of their yeah we're part of their marriage mm-hmm. if they're in our lives so we're a part of the wedding that starts that's really precious to be able to witness it. yeah so michael is getting married in just a couple days which is so exciting and we're as a family so excited for them because we know that this is right that this is something that is just a really good thing and and so there's a lot of excitement in the family about it about just being there and celebrating with them but for me, as I am divorced and have <laughs> have a lot of sadness around weddings too, um, it's been something that has been um, a little bit fearful for me of just what what is this going to be like? What is this day going to look like for me being a divorced person, being someone who I don't have a significant other to... Yep to be there with. I don't have a plus one. There was no plus one on my, on my invitation. It said Ellie Herringshaw. And then it was just, but which is fine. Um, but I've been realizing that, um, that, I, you know, in this, in the, I'm in this journey right now of reclaiming and talking about reclaiming all these places and things and, and memories that hold these hard memories, um, that, that hold the sadness and um, all of these different aspects of um, of my former life that are now really just shrouded in sadness and and a lot of um, just a lot of heartache. And um, I believe that God has called me to go back into those places to take them back for myself, and to do that in a very strategic way of going back and um, with people that I trust and not avoiding this pain, but really opening up my heart to say. There's pain here, which means that this is an area that needs to be healed. So so then reaching out for healing in that particular area. And that's what reclaiming is. Um, so I've been realizing as I've been anticipating my brother's wedding that there is fear about that day for me. Um, not Not fear for my brother, but fear of what is this going to be like to witness my brother getting married and be around people and um and share in their love and be excited for them what is that actually going to be like and then the the anticipation and the anxiety build in me which then is an indicator for me to know this is something that needs to be reclaimed yeah because you've um You've kind of laid that out in your little decision tree. What yeah, do you call that? Yeah. It's my reclamation flowchart. <laughs> <laughs> so if and we we listen to ourselves, right? We listen to um you know our pulse beat and and our breathing. Those are all indicators of something, right? So mm-hmm. if a thought or a place or a song or a memory creates some kind of a reaction in us, and with that, we associate, wow, there's anxiety there or there's fear there mm-hmm. or, or or sadness. Then you've made that as one of the little, it's a checkbox to say, mm-hmm. hmm, I'm not going to run from that. I'm going to go into the thing that is the association causing those reactions. Because if you do not, then that thing has power to rob life from you. Absolutely. So yeah. thus looking at that invitation now you've known about this obviously yeah. <laughs> you've talked to michael and jenna along the way but you're holding that invitation you don't have an option in this case 
I don't. Right? So, I mean, in I, sense and that you I, do, wouldn't, I wouldn't want no, to. Of course, you yeah, want to be there. Yeah, of course, I want to but, be there. But choosing to go back to a restaurant, saying, you know, you're driving by the restaurant and you realize, wow, we had a powerful memory associated there. And you take friends and go in mm-hmm. to the restaurant. That's a very proactive, I'm going to decide to take this. Because that is something that I could forever avoid if I wanted you to. Could. I don't need to go to that restaurant. I don't need to go to any restaurant if I don't want to. But not in this case. You, the wedding is coming like a, a freight train. Mm-hmm. And um, you're getting on and you're, you're going to go. Whether you choose to make it a proactive reclaiming experience or not, it's going to happen. Yes. And you're going to be there. So what I have control over in this case is what is my response going to be? What is my, what, what how am I going to handle it? And that is something that I do have control over of how I prepare. So one of the things that made me realize that I had this, like, th- this hard reaction to it, this, this challenging, um, I don't know. I just had a, I had a bad reaction to it. I was, um, I was going dress shopping with, with my mom, with your wife. Um, and I was, I was looking for, I was looking for a dress for the wedding. Um, this was before, and I, I'm so blessed. I get to stand up with my brother and with, um, and with Jenna, which is so exciting. But before they had asked me to, um, to be a bridesmaid, um, I went and I was, I was starting to look for, for dresses for that wedding with, um, with my mom and as I was at the I I was there and I was at the mall for far too long and I'm not a big shopper anyway um and I was just feeling this anxiety build in me and um and so much so just just the anticipation of thinking I'm going to be at this wedding and I'm going to be there alone and I'm not going to be able to like who am I going to talk to how am I going to be able to all these you know all these fears that were welling up in me um, so much so that I had a panic attack in the mall. Hmm. And can can I be, before you go further? Yeah. Um, can I just pull a little bit on Please. that? What what happens in that experience? I know you've you've described this. Yeah. I know you've talked about this like in your with your counselor and things. But would you mind sharing with us a little bit? Like unfold that. Like what is actually a panic attack for me? (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I have I had one panic attack before um, before I discovered my ex husband's affair, and that was a very strange, weird experience because I had no idea what it was and I thought I was dying. Um, And then after while I was separated from my ex husband, I had several. and they were, they were really, yeah, they were really hard. Um, I, I see a therapist regularly to talk about my anxiety. Which and we would say is a good idea for anybody. <laughs> yes. yes. Whether I mean, all of us have, have found yeah. help in one way or another from others. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us have seen the wisdom in going to somebody who understands human thought process and mm-hmm. the tie-in of emotions and things. So that's just a little side um advocacy for perhaps it's not a shameful thing no it's really not and I'm I'm telling people a lot like go to therapy because <laughs> I it's been so so helpful for me and it still is I yeah. I feel very removed from the, my experience with my with my marriage but there's all of these things that are now unfolding that are side effects of that betrayal um and just these extra things but um so I definitely recommend 
um, going to therapy. So for me, what, what, what a panic attack looks like is it's, um, I've actually blogged about this. Um, I'll link the, I'll link the blog post, um, in the show notes as well, but it's a very physical experience for me. Um, it's not just, oh, this is really scary and wow, I feel all this, these anxious thoughts coming in, but it's, um, it's actually quite an out, out of body experience. Um, I, I experience like numbness all over. I feel like I'm, um, like I have no control over my body or my mind. Um, and everything is just running out of control. My, my heart is racing. Um, and it's a, it's just a really, really scary thing. Um, and I often feel like I'm going to die when I'm in it. Um, I, (laughs) I have to, it's really hard to remind myself that I'm not going to die. Yeah. when I'm in it yeah. because it's the this just racing mind and I have yeah and, and don't lose your thought there but let, let me just add in here too um our we were created by God all tied together mm-hmm. our bodies our minds our emotions our wills are all an integrated system mm-hmm. and and so when we're thinking certain things it creates certain chemistry reactions yeah. in us in our bodies that's tied into the parts of our body so when you're when you describe it as physical that's not imaginary i mean you're no. not what the 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 power of our thinking and our words to create um basically chemical reactions in our bodies mm-hmm. that's and that's there's that's not there's not a f- flaw in that. It's how we were designed. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're designed as holistic beings. We are. We are. We are um, our minds are very are very connected with our emotions and with our body. Yeah. And um, but different individuals are going to experience that connection in different ways. Yeah. Your particular um, kind of maybe chemical reaction happens to come out in times of stress yep. with exactly what you're describing. Yeah, exactly. And, and so it's a very, it's a very scary experience. So, um, so as I have seen my therapist and we've, we've talked extensively about my panic attacks and, and my anxiety and dealing with anxiety and depression, which are very tied together. Um, and this is an epidemic right now. This is a, this is a topic for another time too, but, but anxiety and depression are just plaguing so many people right now and um I know that there's a lot of people that have that in my last blog post that have said I'm dealing with this too I I I don't know how to handle this and I I have panic attacks too thank you for opening up about it and this is not a this is not a shameful thing um it's something that a lot of people deal with but it is not a death sentence (laughs) this is um this is something that's treatable and um get help for it if you're dealing with this get help because you're not in this alone. Um, yeah, that just needs to be said. So as I was saying, I, I have, um, I've gone through a lot of therapy with my, um, uh, just about this process. And, um, one of the things that my therapist has me do is write down exactly the thing that I was doing right before the panic attack hit. That's what it started with. Okay. So I have a panic attack. What was I doing? right before what were the what, what what was the situation that happened before and um and then what it has turned into that that um is okay so i'm feeling anxious what has happened what happened right before i was feeling anxious um so with that comes a lot of awareness of what 
what is then causing some anxiety? What's causing these things? Um, and that's going to look different for each person, obviously. So for me, what I've been able to do now is really see this window of time between an anxiety-provoking experience and um, a thought that comes out of that or a lie that comes out of that. Um, I see this window of time before before I start spiraling into anxiety and even a panic attack, this window of time that um, I'm believing lies. Oh, that's interesting. So it starts actually as a thought about what's real. It does. It absolutely does because it happens from a from an actual experience. Um, so it's not just this imaginary thing, but I have I have a series of experiences in my life that also don't quite line up with truth of um, the truth that I am a chosen person by God. I am, um, I am not rejectable, but I have experiences that say two different things. I say that, that says that I wasn't chosen by my ex-husband, that, that, he didn't he he didn't actually mean his vows when we got married and those experiences don't line up with the truth so so if there's something now that um an experience or you you know even like i i experienced a lot of anxiety at work of um something would happen and something would happen at work or I'd have this to-do list and I would think, well, I can't get this stuff done because I'm not smart enough or whatever. So it's always an instigator to a lie. Um, so let me ask you this question. When you had that panic attack out shopping for wedding dress, what did you trace down to the lie? What, what were you believing? The, I was believing that I was going to be alone. Um, that I would be alone at the wedding. And, um, you know, there's a, there is a, there's, there's being, being alone. You can be alone in a group of people. Um, you can feel alone in a group of people um, while you're, you know, surrounded with people. Um, and there, that, that feeling of, of being lonely is, just a really just a really really hard one what was down underneath that you're you're believing you're going to be alone but there was something you were believing about yourself yes and what I was believing about myself was that I that I'm somebody who who can't be chosen um who I will always be alone that um that there is something in me that keeps someone else from choosing me and and that is a lie. I know that that's a lie, but I have an experience <laughs> that that feeds that lie. Right. You could you, you look at okay, this is what happened. It's not unreasonable, right, to draw that conclusion and to draw that conclusion <laughs> and project it into my future. So you were playing that out, that all that scenario out, and it led to then this physical reaction. What is very interesting, though is what have you done with that? Here you are Mm -hmm. going to a wedding. You're going into that which, uh, what would we say, sort of um, instigated that thought process. Yeah. 
and not just going shopping about the wedding. <laughs> you're actually now very deliberately going to that in a celebratory way. Yeah. So what, what, as I've mentioned before, when I feel this, when I, when I feel that there is a negative emotion that's tied to something, I realize now that that, that there is an area of healing that needs to happen, that there is something that needs to be done with it. So now I see this wedding and I think, okay, so I have anxiety about it in, in some senses and fear. So that means that there is a healing that needs to take place. So if I think of it like that, I, I want to create a reclaiming event out of that wedding. Um, so I've decided to reclaim weddings on Sunday, this Sunday. I'm going to reclaim weddings. <laughs> so so we're we're here like we're here anticipating that. Yes. Right. So this this is a little different. I don't know have you done this before in your podcast where you've most of the time you've talked about I've talked about an past, experience that I've had. Right. This is ahead of time saying, uh-huh. okay, we are going to walk through this friends. Mm-hmm. Here in this this podcast and, and I'm you're going to go do it. I'm scared because yeah. I don't know what I don't know after Sunday what the response is going to be in me. Right. I don't know what the what this experience will be. I I could be a mess on Sunday. I don't know. And that's sort of the, that's sort of the idea with reclaiming that like I don't know what it's going to be, but I am not living reactionary to that experience. Yeah, you're going to it. I am. Stepping into it. <laughs> it's not bigger than you. Right. And it's not bigger than God. Right. God is my healer. He is the one that delivers the healing. And so what I'm planning to do on Sunday is to position myself in a way that extends my hands to healing from Jesus. So, so when there's pain, our, our instinct is fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. You're going forward. It's a fourth F Mm -hmm. to say, no, we can choose a forward action yep. from fight or flight or freeze to go into this because in doing that, you are taking up the um, really the honor that God gives you to say, go in this with me. And um, the promise, which says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Yeah. And and there's there's no weapon that can be aimed against you that can succeed. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way on this side. It feels yeah. like faith, which is a fifth F. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many Fs. <laughs> no, there's and yeah, I mean I, I'm just thinking here, like there there is a reason that it is fearful and anxiety provoking for me because I am I I have an experience with a yeah. wedding. That says, I, you know, I gave my heart to somebody. I gave my, I gave my heart and I gave my life to yeah. somebody at a wedding um, when we got married. And I had no intention for ever saying anything other than that to, to that person. You know, that was, that was the first day of the rest of my life. And I was ready to, I was ready to have that commitment for forever. And, and so I have, I, <laughs> it's a scary thing because um because I know that you know it didn't it didn't last forever and um 
and my my marriage ended yeah. in the way that no one wants their marriage to end. Um, so that that is why it is fearful. That is why um, that's one of the reasons. Another reason is the fact that my ex-husband's affair began before we were married. So he, I, you know, I can't speak for him. I don't have, I, he, he has not, yeah, I can't speak for him. But I do know that that marriage or that, that his relationship with his affair partner began before we were married. Um, and in that way, there is a choice that he could not actually extend to me of, of choosing me in that on that day um so that is that's a big part of this too (laughs) that is very um it's very very tied because I know that even on that day I was lied to um which is supposed to be which is supposed to be the you know the day of love and of commitment and um and he could not fully commit to me because he was not committed to me um, which is a very hard thing. So I, I know how much, how, how deep the lies went on that day, um, which makes weddings even more scary. So th- this will be, if I'm not mistaken, the first time you've been to a wedding as a guest. In this mm-hmm. case, you're standing up as a participant as well. Um, since that experience, you you were a wedding photographer, so mm-hmm. you you shot weddings as a photographer. Last year was my last wedding season. I stopped taking weddings after I discovered the affair. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, so I stopped booking weddings. Um, but I still had a lot of weddings that I already had booked, so I had to I finished those out. Um, so this is my first going to a wedding without being busy. <laughs> Um, you know, busy shooting yeah. that um, that I'll have experienced, and and every time last year when I would shoot a wedding, I would just feel so cynical and bitter and gross, mm. and I hate that feeling, and I don't want to stay there. I really don't want to stay there, but it's a very easy thing to do. <laughs> so you're, I mean, you were going to go to the wedding irrespective of how how you positioned yourself here. But you're going to position yourself um, for Michael and Jenna, but also for your, for your own healing. Yeah. And what are you hoping on the other side? So when we talk next week and we have this, we're going to have another discussion after the fact. Right? Yeah. And everybody will get to hear that. What are you hoping out of that? I'm hoping to walk away from this wedding with um, feeling um, feeling brave. Um, if nothing else, I want to be able to be there and um, experience the love of a couple that I know are being honest and being truthful and loving. Um, emotional (laughs) um so I'm hoping I'm hoping to just be there if nothing else to be brave there um 
and to celebrate with them. I also hope to walk back into this experience and fight fight cynicism and bitterness, um, which is if, if anyone has been divorced or, you know, just gone through something hard, it's really easy to, it's so easy to be cynical and bitter, particularly about love when you have had it and then lost it. Um, so I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> um, the, the idea of reclaiming is to create a new association with something. And my association with weddings, I want to be um, a positive one here on this day. Um, it, it, they'll always be, I think, a little bit of, a, just a little bit of sadness, and I think that's okay. Um, but there needs to be healing in, in that, and there, and, um, and there will be. I think that's a good hope. Yeah. Um, and we didn't plan this part, but, um, can I pray for you Oh, please. for the next, the next couple days here? Cause we've got, you know, a rehearsal dinner and then we've got just all the things that orbit around the time before a wedding and then the experience itself and yeah. then afterwards. And so, I mean, with everybody that's hearing this right now, just join me and, um, prayers, um, God's a little bit out of time. I mean, he's not out of time. He, he's, he's, he's timeless in the sense that, um, I think, uh, prayers, prayers play into God's timelessness in a really mysterious way. So you might even be listening to this after the fact, who knows? I don't think that matters. <laughs> so, um, Jesus, we just thank you for your love affair with us and your love affair with Ellie. Thank you that you are the perfect bridegroom. We are your bride and we are in process of being prepared for that wonderful day that's depicted at the end of our scriptures that that shows us what life is all about and how our weddings are, are snapshots of this. And we experience it ahead of time, like little children playing wedding. We, we get a real taste of something very real that matters if for life here on this planet too. As Ellie goes and steps into this and, and is not avoiding what's wrapped up in this for her, but wants this to be a celebration for Michael and Jenna. She wants to be freed to laugh and forget that that particular day is theirs and, and to be absolutely able, she said it herself, to celebrate with them. So we pray for that as a gift for her, that by, by going intentionally into this, she really will be given a kind of gift of not forgetfulness of the facts or forgetfulness of her pain, but forgetfulness of the potency of that to control her life. Mm -hmm. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And we believe now in faith that this will be a victory in the course of her healing. And that on the other side, we're going to come back here in a week and she'll tell the story again and the rest of the story. And it will be, um, it'll be all that she's hoped and more and probably even things she can't even anticipate now. 
but redemptive nonetheless. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Let this be. And I'll add, Lord, for anyone else out there right now who is anticipating something upcoming that can't be avoided and must be reclaimed in order for it to have no power, we pray a blessing of release and courage to step into who you have made us to be and who you want to be in us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed podcast. For more information about reclaiming, visit reclaimed.com. That's R-C-L-A-I-M-E-D.com.